0: So well, we do, as Rolando prayed, claim and rest in the power of Jesus Christ and the cleansing that we have received, and there will be a day uh, when the Lord will return, but until that day, we have some work to do. We have a mission in this life. Uh, it's not our mission God, has, God doesn't have a mission for His church. God has a church for His mission, as Christopher Wright once said. And, and that, that twist of that phrase gives us a different perspective. Uh, the mission that we have it doesn't belong to the church. We're not the ones in charge. We are a people who join in with what God is doing in the gathering of His people, in the, the hallowing of His name in the making his name known to the ends of the earth. Here at Brentwood Oaks, we call that bringing people to faith. Uh, That is the theme that we're looking at right now. If you have been here for a while, you know that in 2023, we're taking those four statements of who we are as a people, and we are trying to bring those statements to the forefront of the church. We are a people who are devoted to worshiping God, bringing people to faith conforming to the image of Jesus, and caring for people in need. And when you think about those four statements, they are so interconnected. There's a lot of overlap between those four statements. But for the next few weeks, we're going to camp out with bringing people to faith, uh, bringing people to allegiance. So we've worked through what's called the Great Commission, we began with a psalm, Psalm 67, a psalm that announces this universal praise from the nations. And then we went to the Old Testament in Genesis chapter 12, verses 1 through 3, with the calling of Abraham, uh, the calling of, of this one man who becomes a nation, and, and through this man, all the families of the earth will be blessed. Uh, the people, Israel, were given a charge. They were supposed to be a kingdom of priests to the nations, a light to the nations. And this, of course, was fully realized in Jesus Christ, who being lifted up on the cross and even lifted up to the Father draws all peoples to Himself. But at the end of the Gospel of Matthew, we have what's called... The Great Commission. So, if you want to turn to Matthew chapter 28 in your Bibles, we're actually going to be in different places in Matthew, uh, so be ready to turn uh, to those different places. But we're going to begin with what's called the Great Commission uh, the parting words of Jesus, uh, the final instructions given to his disciples uh, who come to the mountain with this mixture of worship but also doubt. And to assuage that doubt, Jesus says, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Uh, He sends them out in the authority of his name. And then Jesus gives them their marching orders. They are to make disciples. That's the chief command of the, the Great Commission. Make disciples by going and baptizing and teaching But that's not the last word. And this morning we come to the last word of Matthew. We come to the last word of the gospel and the Great Commission. So hear the word of God once again from Matthew chapter 28, beginning in verse 16. Now the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain which Jesus had directed them. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. May God bless the reading of his word. Skydiving is on my bucket list of things I wish to do before I die. Is something that I would never say. I have a friend who's in the skydiving business and he and his colleagues make these amazing videos of them jumping out of airplanes and falling to the earth for fun. And I'm sure it is for someone else. And we may have some skydivers here this morning. I did a little research on skydiving this week. I know this because my Facebook feed is full of skydiving advertisements. That's another story. There are some hoops you have to go through, to jump through, in order to skydive, especially if you want to do a solo skydive. Uh, There are some companies who let you do a solo skydive on your first jump, but not without some extensive training. Most skydiving companies that I've worked through this week and researched, they require a certain number of what are called tandem jumps, where you are tethered to a professional So, not only does a professional give you the basic instruction of how to skydive, but he also, he or she, jumps out of the plane with you, and they remind you of the different things that you're supposed to do, the position of your head and your hands, and they pull the the cord of the parachute the first few jumps. You're not allowed to do this by yourself. And I can imagine what that would be like if you were to show up at a skydiving company and basically they gave you what the stewardess gives you in the airplane, just a couple of minutes of instruction, and then they send you up on the plane and say, good luck, and push you out, and you have to uh, do the perfect solo skydive. To me, that has the making of a disaster. Well, speaking of the making of a disaster or really, a fear-inducing endeavor. I wonder what those disciples on the mountain were thinking whenever Jesus was giving them these last instructions. They already had some doubt. They already had some hesitation. But then Jesus gives them the instruction to go out into all the world and make disciples of all the nations, these Galileans. These fishermen, a tax collector, a zealot, these group of rejects have been given the task to make disciples of all the nations, to go out to the Roman Empire and confront the gods and the goddesses of all the Romans and the Greeks and and all of the nations of the world, to go and confront the Pax Romana. The peace of Rome ushered in by the Caesar and the gods and the Roman military and, and the Roman way of governance, the roads, the aqueducts, everywhere they looked they saw the symbols of Roman power. These eleven men in that larger circle of disciples were given a task that was truly beyond them and it would be a costly mission. Jesus gives them a preview of what is to come back in Matthew chapter 10. If you want to flip back to that, I'll be reading in Matthew 10 verses 16 through 25. This is in the context of Jesus sending out the twelve in kind of a mini great commission. Uh, They were supposed to go to Israel and announce the kingdom of God, that the kingdom of God is at hand. But then Jesus tells them what they are to expect. And this is what he says. He says, Behold, I'm sending you out as sheep in the midst of wolves. So be wise as serpents and innocent as doves. Beware of men, for they will deliver you over to courts and flog you in their synagogues. And you'll be dragged before governors and kings for my sake to bear witness before them and the Gentiles. When they deliver you over, do not be anxious how you are to speak or what you are to say. For what you are to say will be given to you in that hour. For it is not you who speak, but the spirit of your father speaking through you. Brother will deliver brother over to death. And the father, his child, and children will rise up against parents and have them put to death. And you will be hated for all by all for my name's sake. But the one who endures to the end will be saved. When they persecute you in one town, flee to the next. For truly I say to you, you will not have gone through all the towns of Israel before the Son of Man comes. A disciple is not above his teacher, nor a servant above his master." It's enough for the disciple to be like his teacher and the servant like his master. If they've called the master of the house Beelzebul, how much more will they malign those of his household? Well, that's a very sobering and, if not frightening, mission that Jesus gives his disciples. But Jesus has given them the instructions... Jesus has spent time with them, teaching them how to fish for people. Jesus has even, or will, have given them a living sermon on what it means to pick up their cross and follow Him. And He also warns them of the dangers to come. But for this mission, the disciples would need more than instructions for jumping out of the plane, so to speak. What they are being asked to do is beyond them. They need help. They need divine help. So on Thursdays, this church prays for the suffering church. Uh, We pray for our brothers and sisters in Ukraine and Russia as they navigate that difficult circumstance that they find themselves. We pray for the unity between the churches. We also pray for brothers and sisters in different parts of the world who are experiencing the kind of persecution that Jesus foretold. And although we don't live in that context here in Austin, Texas, of that level of persecution, if we're truly living out our calling, the mission is still costly. To proclaim the kingdom of God in boldness to walk out a step with our neighbors and our coworkers and even our family members will invite ridicule and maybe even estrangement it might even cost us a promotion maybe even a job the game board may change uh, the church's relationship with the powers the government powers here in Austin may change over time but even now, as we carry out our ministries, we do this in joy, but also with challenge before us. And there are bigger challenges that are coming our way. But full devotion to Christ really is taking a leap of faith. But to be a follower of Christ is not an invitation to stay in the plane. We are to take the plunge. We are to take the jump in trust and encourage. And with resilience. But even in our current context, instruction is not enough. We've been given our marching orders. But just like the generations before us, we need help in carrying out this mission. We need help in taking that leap of faith. We need divine help. But the good news this morning is that God knows this. Jesus certainly understood this there on the mountain of Galilee when he's talking to those 11 disciples who are full of worship and doubt. And he says, you're the guys. This is the group who is going to go out into all the world and make disciples. But Jesus is not about to send them on a solo dive. Jesus will be with them. That's how the Gospel of Matthew ends. Behold, that's a big word there in the Gospel of Matthew, especially in chapter 28. Behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. Behold, Jesus says, not just to those 11 there on the mountain, but as we talked about a few weeks ago... Through time and space, Jesus is talking to the, the subsequent generations, the early church who's receiving the gospel of Matthew. Behold, I am with you always, all the days, to the end of the age, as they experience their own transitions and crises. But this last line of Jesus is actually the heart of the whole book of Matthew. It's the major theme that runs from beginning to end. So if you want to flip back to chapter 1 of the Gospel of Matthew, it's embedded there. Matthew chapter 1, verse 23, when Joseph is, is wrestling with, with this pregnancy of Mary, and he doesn't understand what's happened, and he's going to, to quietly divorce her. And an angel comes to Joseph in a dream. And Matthew summarizes in chapter 1, verse 23, All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Behold, there's that word again, this time from Isaiah. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. This theme continues in the middle of the book, in Matthew chapter 18, verse 20. In the context of Jesus giving instruction to the church and how sin is to be addressed in the church and how authority has been given to the church to to bind and to loose things on earth as it is in heaven and the power of prayer in the church. Jesus says this in Matthew chapter 18 verse 20, for where two or three are gathered in my name, there am I among you. This is even spoken about in the verse we read a while ago, the passage in chapter 10, when Jesus is telling His disciples that they're going to have to stand before kings and governors. And, and they're, He says, don't be anxious about what you're going to say. What you will say will be given to you by the Spirit of the Father. They are not alone. Which brings us to the last word of the Gospel of Matthew, which is really a dot, dot, dot. Behold, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. God's presence with His people through Jesus Christ and His abiding Spirit is the message of the Gospel of Matthew. And so on this day of Pentecost, 2023, May the 28th, 2023, these are words to treasure These are words for the church to keep close to her heart. These were the words that the disciples on the mountain needed to hear. These are the words that the early church facing their own version of persecution needed to hear. And these are the words that the church needs to hear all over the world right now. And for our part, the people of God here at Brentwood Oaks, we need to hear those closing words of Matthew As a word for us today. We have no option as his people. We're not allowed to stay in the plane. We have to jump. We have to go out on mission. But this is not a solo jump. Jesus is present with us. Emmanuel is with us all the days even to the end of the age. So maybe this morning you come here in worship, but maybe with a mixture of doubt. Maybe you come here this morning and you think about the mission that God's entrusted to us and you have feelings of fear and anxiety. Or maybe it's the burden of sin. Maybe you're thinking, I can't jump out of the plane because of the sins of the past. I'm not a good representative of the kingdom because of what I have done. Well, as we close this series on the Great Commission, I want to invite you once again to do a survey of those 11 men there on the mountain who carry their own baggage of sin and fear and doubt and inadequacy for what God was calling them to do. The evil one would love for you to stay on the plane, paralyzed by guilt, paralyzed by fear. But the mission that is before us is too important. It's a mission that really goes to our core identity. We are linked to this mission of announcing the kingdom of God in word and in deed. But it's a mission that's too important to listen to the lies of the evil one. Hear the word of grace this morning. Forgiveness is ours in Christ. Forgiveness is ours. The washing, the cleansing that we yearn for is available to us. The time for a fresh start is right now as we gather around this table, remembering that our sin has been nailed to the cross. May we experience the cleansing that God is offering to us through Jesus so that we can join in this mission with a clear conscience, knowing that we are not alone in this endeavor, that Emmanuel is with us to the end of the age. This morning, we have the invitation for a cleansing of the heart. We're going to sing a song that goes to Psalm 51 when David was weighed down by his own sin and his deepest desire was for a cleansing, for a washing, something that is ours because of the work through Jesus Christ and through the power of his Spirit. If you'd like to respond to the good news of our Lord Jesus crucified but also risen and ascended to the Father, we invite you to come as we stand and as we sing.